from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. How do we keep doing it? <laughs> Making a tennis podcast? Well, yeah, that too, Kinda. I guess. Yeah. Uh, no, how do we keep finding ourselves in the studio in the dead of winter and not a ball being struck? I haven't hit a tennis ball since 78. <laughs> um, Took our snowmobiles here. Uh, actually, it's mid-60s right yeah. now, which is wonderful. <laughs> I can't think of a better winter uh, temperature than mid-60s. <laughs> this is why we live here. This is, yeah, yeah, it's not for 110 in the summer. It's for those three days in the 60s. Man, oh man. Well, we are recording early, but we can do that because no tennis is going on. (laughs) Nothing. There's a wild card tournament for the Dallas Challenger going on. That's right. I don't even know if it's live right now. I don't care. (laughs) I'm not, you know. And there's some kind of Australian Open wild card situation going on somewhere. Those have been going on for weeks, it seems I, like. You know what? I've seen that. Um, so, But it's been on Tennis Channel, which I think is cool. By the way, yeah. I, re- I remembered this time. I must be <laughs> eating better. Uh, welcome to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Corey, how are you? I'm great. I don't care. <laughs> do you think anybody wants an intro? or well, do they just want When s- they click on it, they know what it is. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah, and we already got... She already gives us the intro, right? It is a she. Yes. <laughs> I think that's, I mean, I've never met her. can't say that this day I've never age. met her. She comes into the studio like right before we walk in. <laughs> and um, we She's remarkably consistent every week. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, the magic of radio. So anywho, uh, yeah, so not a drop of tennis, which is why we've talked about boxing and football the last two weeks. <laughs> And quite frankly, we're going to do it again. That's right. I am recording one game in one game only. <laughs> but it hadn't started yet. No, but I don't know how long you're going to ramble yeah. and how long I have to drive back. You know, I'm going to be driving 87 miles an hour to get home. But he has a lot to learn. So last week he recorded and before we even walked out the door, he already saw the outcome. <laughs> Disaster. <laughs> so like I've always said, his whole evening was ruined. Well, it was ruined. Multiple reasons in that case. but <laughs> Well, the podcast was the beginning, <laughs> sitting here with you for an hour. Uh, no, it was ruined because uh, they lost. Right, that's what I mean. So it would have been ruined either way. The difference is, is I ruined it immediately instead of pulling the Band-Aid <laughs> off really slowly. I was going to say, truthfully, if you knew the outcome... Uh, it's uh, you know what I'm trying to say. If you knew the outcome but didn't know the outcome, would you rather find out that way, or would you rather watched it painfully happen? Like which is better? Yeah, well, you suck, can't obviously right. You can't have somebody say, um, "Go ahead and watch it," or not tell you because <laughs> it's like your whole recorded tennis, you know, right. uh, theory that if yeah. if you got four minutes left and somebody's serving for the match. Eh, that person's probably going to win it right here in this game. Yeah. As a matter of fact, probably on, oh, this shot, because it's going to commercial. It's like when people tell me, oh, just watch the fifth set. I'm like, well, thanks. Now I know that it goes to five sets. Right. I don't need to watch the first four. Right. Because, uh, listen, being two sets down and having an amazing fifth set comeback is only amazing if you don't know there's a fifth set. Right. It's really not a comeback exactly. because it's already, 
anyway, it's weird. Time space continuum, man. <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying is we all we all need our own flux capacitor. Well, I think, and what I was trying to say is nothing you, on flux capacitor. Back to the future. I got you. Uh, would you rather watch it if you knew they would? Like, did you go home and watch it? I won't watch it if I knew they won. Did you watch it? That no. Night? Okay. I deleted it immediately. That's what I meant. And then threw my TV in the garbage. Uh, yeah. So if you know that they lost, you wouldn't watch it. But you said you wouldn't watch it if they won either. Yeah, I'm not going to watch it. If I know the outcome, I'm not going to watch it. I'll watch it regardless. I don't know why. Listen, I'm results oriented. Okay, <laughs> so that's why he's a great coach. Um. Well, there's a, you know there's process. I know. I was teasing. So yeah. So anywho. So but I can't I, wait for those Australian Open two weeks. To record. Here's what I will say. (laughs) Well, here's what I will say. I, I can. I think I've got a better chance. I I don't ever do it, and I don't know why. But I think I've got a better chance of watching a recorded tennis match. Number one, I don't have a lot of dogs in the fight. So, in other words, I'm not as interested in who wins or loses. In terms of fandom, like right. I, I'm not, you know, yeah, uh, really I, I rooting for this. I'm rooting for the betterment of tennis, which number one, the first things first includes a quality match from both sides of the net. Right. That's number one. Number two is results that tell a story or will begin to paint a picture. Like in other words, oh, Zverev beat one of the big three once. And then lost to him the next 27 times, well, it doesn't matter then. But I want to see those stories play out in real time. And so I like to, you know. Um, well, the thing about Australian, you, there's no way to watch it without recording it. Well, sure. You can't be up from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Uh, and have a well, job. Listen, I've been on a few benders in my time. <laughs> and so I like to watch it till I go to bed. And then I can, when I get up the next morning, if I'm not working or after work the next day, I finish it. But obviously, if something spectacular happens, then I'm probably not going to make it to then without hearing about it. Because we work in tennis, but well, but see, that's uh, the third thing I was going to say is that I can actually see the result and still be okay watching it if it's not a two and two, right, or something, you know, yeah, where it's just going to be awful. See, um, I think I have more interest in watching football knowing the result than watching tennis knowing the result. You are so odd. <laughs> Why? See, well, here's the reason I say that is because we're in this business. We have other re- – so I know nothing about football, even right. though we seem to talk about it more on this podcast than <laughs> tennis. Uh, I seem to know more than Stephen A. Smith about football, however, <laughs> but that's a whole other story. Um, a lot of people do, apparently. Yeah, yeah. apparently he had some disastrous uh, – segment on espn you were telling me about yeah. it. i saw just a piece of it from twitter uh where he made a bunch of mistakes talking like he knew what he was talking about and i was like man he should come on our podcast <laughs> i'm kidding we know what we're talking about <laughs> um, but what i mean is if a score in a tennis match is seven five six four well i kind of know what happened in that match like i i kind of know okay they were probably four four all the way you know till somebody got broke or five all somebody obviously at five all somebody got broken um, whereas in football, if it's 28, 27, there's a lot of things that could have happened to get to that point. Yeah, I guess. So yeah, from the scoring no, no, no. aspect, the score gives it away. If I want to know the outcome, I'll watch either one. But if I know the actual score, like if it's seven, five, seven, five, I don't need to watch. I can skip the first so 10 games you, of each set. Why do you care whether, <laughs> why do you care whether your awful football team, uh, threw a pick six or 
the team ran it in from the right. two-yard line to score seven points to win 7 nothing. <laughs> well, I'm like not the, saying that happened, so don't yeah. relax. I just <laughs> I literally made that up out of whole right. cloth. But why does that matter? You're not a football aficionado. You don't... Well, like, let's say the Browns beat the Patriots. Who? <laughs> and Hey, the Browns are bringing I know, eight, and man. twenty, And it was 24-23. You know, I want to see what happened, like how... The Patriots, like for example, like last week, the Patriots losing the Dolphins. Like, if I just looked at the score of that and didn't watch it, that would have been, you know, terrible. In tennis, unless it's 16 14 and it's a tie break, I don't know that I'm going to gain anything by watching. All right. So to me, 6 3 is the lowest score that can be one break. Right. Right. So the potential that it's one break, especially if it's four and three. Then you know maybe each set was one break or six four six three six four whatever. Right. So if if I know it's only one break, then the the reason I can watch it is that most of the games in that match, the server did what on the men's side anyway. Right. The server did what they were supposed to do. Uh, they all held, and then the returner. You know, fought hard and and was able to break one game and then and then close it out. So for me, looking at it, it's 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 really looking at the not the mechanics in terms of the mechanics like stroke mechanics, but the mechanics of the actual match. You know, what did they do? You know, to make sure you know did they make a lot of returns. Was it you know some big huge shot that he yeah. pulled out of his butt? You know, so I'm looking at it from that standpoint trying to sort of gather a general sense of a player as they're growing and what I mean that sounds stupid but <laughs> well and obviously you know there's I mean? a big there's also a big difference too if every service game is being held at love and every service game is going to 30 all oh yeah that's a big difference too I mean I'm not I'm not saying I don't care about watching I'm just saying football to me it's more interesting knowing how they got there than in tennis I'm more interested about the result I won't watch a John Isner seven six six seven seven six. I know any, any score. I can give. I, if, you, I'll tell you what. Would you watch a John Isner six one six one? Because you want to know how the hell that happened. I'd be more interested if, if I saw he, an Isner score that he won six one six one. I'd be like, man. Or I'm if watch he lost six one six one. Either one, yeah. really, because if he lost six one six one, somebody's bringing heat on the returns. Yeah, somebody saw him at a cycle studio this morning. By the way, in D Town. Yeah. Oh, God, he's training uh, hard. Well, I mean, that's one of his biggest weaknesses is that <laughs> that uh, that stamina issue. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, can he fix they find it? a bike that he could fit on? Can he fix that issue? I'm not sure. Not with probably not with. Cycling. So anyway, so like him, obviously, seven, six, six, I can give you within a, a five percentage points on you know, right. plus or minus. I can give you his serve percentage. I can give you the opponent's return percentage. I can give you how many winners and unforced error. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. It's like you don't. But if it's. You know, if it's it's somebody, even if it's even if it's somebody like Djokovic, who we have a pretty good sense because we see him the most, right? But then it's somebody like you know Nishikori or Chorich or somebody, and it's seven six or six four. Even like I said, even one break six four. Um, I think there's still some things to be gained in terms of learning about the other player more so than I think we know enough about the big three. Yeah, and I think it's I guess it's obviously case by case because if I you know, even if Federer lost a match, like that match with Nishikori that he lost, I was mad that I didn't get to see much of that because I really wanted to see how he how was transpired. able to lose like that. Yeah. And obviously if you know, one of the big 
top football teams right now lost badly and got blown out. I'd like to watch that because I'd like to see, man, what did they do that nobody else was able to do all season? Or how see how the – oh, God. Have you have you recorded <laughs> Saturday games? I did watch Saturday. Both of them? Yes. All right. So I, I will say you know, I'm a Steelers fan, so the Browns are in my division. Used to be a hated rival, but they suck so bad. <laughs> Honestly, they're not a rival anymore. Right. It's like I, the Roddick Federer rivalry. Right, yeah. Well, I don't know. He competed pretty well. I and mean, he at least made it to the final. Yeah. He didn't go 0 in 16 or 1 in 15 um, right. consecutively. Um, so, what the hell was I going to say? Why do you talk you on this podcast? You were saying how they won yesterday, something about them. Oh, yeah, yesterday. yeah, yeah. So, the Browns beating the Broncos is a pretty big deal. So, wanting to see how that transpired, I could see from that standpoint. But to me, it's got to be a weird, quirky. Yeah, situation. that's what I mean. But in tennis, to me, outside of certain players, i.e. Isner and his boring game, uh, I mean, go USA, but you know, I mean, come on. Um, outside of that, to me, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I definitely, definitely can could watch replayed tennis more so. And see, I feel that way about tennis. It's got to be something significant that happened. If I see that Djokovic beat... Zverev six four six four. I have no desire to watch any of that. Right. If I know the outcome before, because I'm just going to assume you know it was even all the way through the set, and then Zverev you know choked or Djokovic raised his game just a little bit enough to win the set each time. And really, I'm looking at it from the standpoint of a coach who's mad of why these professional tennis players who have professional coaches can't <laughs> figure out some of these things. Yeah, and they can be even you know eight to ten games through every set and then lose a set consistently. Right. Without you know exactly. being able to change something. All right, so was that part more about tennis or football? <laughs> it was a good mix. I think that's what we needed. <laughs> it's Listen, it's, it's turned into the multi-sport uh, podcast. By the way, um, my job is going to try to not get too psycho excited about all the prelim stuff for Australia, okay? <laughs> I don't have to try that hard <laughs> for that. Well, I know, but it's just like the doldrums of winter, and we're talking about boxing and football every week. Well, I will be excited about tennis starting back up again. That'll be nice. Yeah, I guess. When I was reading about Abu Dhabi, which every time I hear that, I think about Garfield, because that doesn't sound like a real place. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was, you don't know that I don't reference? That. No, I don't. He would always uh, mail... Try to Garfield would try, always try to mail the dog to Abu Dhabi. Oh, and he would put the package, and and I didn't even think it was a real country when I was a kid. And uh, they would, you know, the owner would always find out the last minute and save the dog, of course. But that was the always the place he would try to send the dog is Abu Dhabi. Huh. Interesting. And now they have an exhibition there, which I guess Nadal, Djokovic, Serena, and Venus are all playing in. But is that like the the uh, Australian Open version of the Boodles? You know, I think I get a Boodles reference. I can't it. wait for the Boodles. <laughs> you, I lit up. You can't. You can't see because we're not on film. But I lit up when he said Boodles. But that's like the. It's an exhibition. Yet all the best players play, and it doesn't seem to mean anything. But yet they're there. That's what I don't understand. Because I don't think it counts for anything. But it just gets the players out there playing. I think it's just being around. I mean, because you think about it. If you're a professional tennis player. You are wildly rich if you're at the top, whatever, you know, top, even to say, yeah. even top 20, you know, if they're, if they're there yeah. consistently, they're wildly rich compared to regular jobs like right. us. 
Um, well, not compared to us, but you're compared wildly, to other people. You're right. wildly rich, but I, you know. Um, and and, and it, apparently the Boodles is really exclusive in terms of who can attend. Right. So, but if you're wildly rich from playing a sport compared to people that are, you look, that, that are nothing. I mean, if you have a net worth of $2.1 billion, Looking at Fetter and his little pitiful hundred plus million, <laughs> right. you know, uh, net wor- or career rankings, it's like, is that all? Yeah, you know. And so even even these amazing people, as in you know, amazing tennis players, they can do some of these things and make that kind of money compared to a billionaire. So even I, I would think maybe right. even they sort of want to be around that level of you know whatever and and you know the middle east is the same way you know dubai and all the you know i mean federer he's loves dubai when it's like these you know middle eastern princes and that have you know beyonce come to their house and do these i mean i'm sure stuff like that's happening in these tournaments you know i'm playing abu dhabi but then i'm going to this you know guy's backyard and playing him giving him a tennis lesson for a hundred thousand dollars or you hey know. why don't we do that <laughs> we will record this podcast live from your palace yeah and i don't care what the political ramifications <laughs> are so nadal bailed because he had a knee injury so they got out of that whole saudi arabia mess right i don't care if you have a palace and you want to pay us in gold bars <laughs> we'll rec- i'll record anywhere i don't care well, and you resolve the you know resolve the political part by saying, okay, I'm donating ten percent of the charity because that ten percent of that that wasn't going to charity to begin with, it was going somewhere there else. There you go. I'm doing it, and, and you donate it to the exact opposite of whatever the problem people have with that right area. But speaking of, I had a friend on Facebook this week. I've played him in tournaments over the years, and he had a picture with Steffi and Andre, and I don't know the details, but he was on the court basically playing with them in las vegas and i don't know if that's something that they auction off or something that they Public offer park. i'm sure they were just out hitting <laughs> but it was something apparently that he like scheduled and i was just i wondered how much that cost that there's no way that was like less than 10 20 10 000. and so that was i was pretty amazed to see that <laughs> no i well you know it's funny because um i was listening to a podcast um other than our because usually I listen to this podcast on a loop all day, <laughs> right? Every day and night. You and all our throngs of fans. Yeah, uh, rem- remember the listening parties, right? So one download equals a thousand people. <laughs> so I was listening to a podcast, and apparently there is a app or whatever called Cameo. Oh yeah, okay. Word up. <laughs> not the band cameo i'd, I'd rather I'm, I'm more fond of the band cameo i, I bet um it's your era <laughs> i'm not that old it was before my era was it yeah. i thought it was late 80s early 90s Nah, i mean they've been around for a long time okay they've been around for a long time um all right uh and it basically you go on you're a star or you know somebody famous or whatever and you can go on there set a price that you will give a little 15 second whatever shout out personalized shout outs right. in other words i could pay pete sampras 
to say weakest error. To say, see why are you gonna step all over my. Say, he wouldn't say it though. He did. He did right. one time. He said there was no depth, and then the PR people got to him and he stopped. Um, but yeah, so but that was what all those people got in trouble for. They were they were recording like coded messages they didn't know about. Well, Brett Favre got in trouble. Yeah, he was one. I forget who the others were. Well, he apparently was, uh, unbeknownst to him, so he says, uh, <laughs> recording anti-Semitic stuff. But that was like three or four people. It wasn't just him. It was, oh, there, did they? There were three or four celebrities, yeah. But anyway, that's the same kind of thing that I'll think, you know, like, what do you do at this point if you were number one in the world, you have, you know, a Hall of Fame career, a legit Hall of Fame career, right. um, and now you're just chilling. Yeah, and everything's got a price. I mean... He's going. He's got his own tennis academy, right? Not this. This podcast cannot <laughs> be bought. But I mean, if somebody calls and say, "Hey, soon you know, en- soon enough, how about ten thousand dollars?" <laughs> um, you know, for to hit with you for a half hour. I mean, there's got to be some amount that moves right. the needle. Yeah, I would agree. Um, yeah, there was an. I'm serious. We'll do it. <laughs> we'll this podcast will record anywhere, anytime for the yeah. right price. Like the remotes they do at like the uh, sports bars. That'll be us. Yeah, because a lot of sports bars really feature tennis <laughs> as part of their. Maybe during the U.S. Open, their you TV could, you package could make work. I could see that. Like that, two days a year, maybe. Yeah, maybe we could set something up like that. Opening uh, if if they did a full opening Sunday. Because they say first we need a tennis bar. <laughs> no, we just need a sports bar because. No, because football goes I was on. Say opening Sunday is not going to work. It'd have to be a midweek, a Tuesday night, which nobody would come to. Right? Golly, why does everybody hate our sport? <laughs> Mark it down. We're open Tuesday night, opening week of the open. Oh, call in. what are you going to call in? There he is. There he is. <laughs> I'm learning. Oh well, what are you going to do? Um, yeah. So whatever I was yapping about. So no, no. Yeah, I I actually saw the same tweet you're talking about. Um, is he a listener? Uh, that I don't know because I know him from way back. Yeah, we're not, we're not, we're more of acquaintances now. We used to play. I, I don't think either of us play. Well, I know I don't play the tournaments anymore. I don't think he does either. Yeah, that's interesting. I uh, I run around trying to play tennis with comedians. He's actually playing tennis with tennis people. Interesting. Well, and he said something about it being on his bucket list. So I mean, I'm I'm assuming he wasn't afraid to spend a little bit of money on it. But right, which again is fine. I have no problem with that. I'm just saying. Like you said, Agassi could literally do that all day and probably make millions, a hundred thousand a day, I right? Mean, if he wanted to, right? Ten thousand. He well, could do what I do, being on the court eight hours a day, and make a <laughs> hundred times what I make. More than that, I'm yeah, sure. probably. Um, well, Boletari would sit in a chair under an umbrella for two hundred bucks an hour, <laughs> right? Um, so sounds like my old coach. Uh, well, that was not you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you never paid me once. <laughs> but that was him and. Steffi, so that may have even been double. You know, him and Steffi. I'd rather be out there with Steffi, to be <laughs> honest with you. I mean, she was way better relative to competition than he was. Oh, totally. And he couldn't get his life together. He was up and down, right. wearing jean shorts and hair plugs and meth. <laughs> and I mean, she gets no credit for greatest ever between Navratilova and Serena. Oh, she does to me. You think? I mean, yeah, but see, Navratilova still has the edge because of doubles. Right. But I, right. Now, if you said greatest singles player, well, okay, now we've got and Steffi arguments. played no doubles, right? Or I, she was not a. I don't think. I'm not sure. Not successful in doubles anyway, if she did play. Right. Not to that level. Who knows? But, um, 
Anywho. But yeah, I mean, I've, I've hear I've heard one time Federer auction off an hour of his time for a hundred thousand dollars, an hour private lesson, or, I mean, it's just, well, I'm so sure like that said, was there charity. are those billionaires. Yeah. But those, there are those billionaires that are paying, they'll pay to be with the celebrity factor, even though they've got, you know, yeah, times so the money. That's where we started the boodles in Abu Dhabi. That's where <laughs> this all came from. Good Lord. Finally, we worked it back. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think um, that may be exactly why. Just the whole pizzazz of it all, because you're talking about, you know, some of the richest people in the world, probably in Abu Dhabi. And um, I know we like to dabble in geography. Could you have any chance of locating Abu Dhabi on a map? If you gave me one of those middle school <laughs> blank maps... <laughs> With all the country, like I could name every state, no problem. Oh no way! Oh yeah, absolutely. We'll do it right after the show. <laughs> absolutely, I will. Sure. I would bet a hundred dollars on that. There's no way you could identify every state on a map. One hundred dollars? Yeah. Oh, easily. <laughs> I'm not. Meaning I can a, get. I can gamble on that. That is not a NCAA <laughs> sponsored sport. Meaning a blank map. You got to fill map. in every state. Every state. One hundred percent. You miss one, you lose. Lose one hundred percent. I got one hundred dollars on me. Right I would be now. really impressed if you were. I have one hundred dollars on me right now. Uh, well, does my confidence scare you? It does actually. I'll give you two to one. The sad part is I could do like twenty five states. That's why I'm. I'll give you so shocked. I'll give you two to one. <laughs> I'm not taking your it's, money. Yeah, it's on record. I'm not taking uh, your money, but I would do it. I in would a heartbeat. Like to see it though. All right. Well. Wish we had a printer. Could you do the capitals too? Whew. Uh, probably about seventy five percent. I would okay. think. Okay. Because you just like, yeah. I, I think don't I, think I could name all fifty states. Not even wow. Just list all fifty states. I don't think I could do <laughs> schools. Schools in America <laughs> these days, unbelievable. I really don't. That would be that would be a bet I would be hesitant to take. Just naming them. Much so I can name more. Them. I could probably name more capitals than you could states. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. I could. I'm pretty confident. I, I know all 50 states. Just making them in a list would take a while. So if we put them in a list, or if we gave you a state and gave you three choices for each state, multiple choice. Yeah, but some of those are just like so close together. Oh my God, you're and so, so small. You are so pitiful. <laughs> now part of it is I'm from the East Coast. Yeah, now I'm from oh, the see. I'm from the Mid Atlantic. Yeah, you're though. right. I'm, I lost confidence now because you're in the area where all the states are. Wrong. I've never been to Maine. I've never. I mean, I, no, it's not because of that. But I'm I just had saying. been to four states till I was like 21. Wow. Was one of them the state of confusion? Come on now. <laughs> I'm still there. Come on now. <laughs> so anyway, all right. I don't know. Have we talked about anything worth anything there, yet? There's nothing to talk about except Abu Dhabi. Well, why don't we talk about even less when we come back? it's time to join the revolution go to our website tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes email us your questions and comments or give us show ideas I was hoping that break would last maybe another hour. <laughs> I just can't take it. It's it, This is tough. I mean, we're really earning our money today. This is tough. This is our last week. We got to go to 2019 preview soon, right? Well, I don't know what there is to preview, but we'll... 
Well, we may have some guest situations coming up. It is Christmas. I mean, I'm not a Scrooge. I'm not going to have you in here during Christmas. <laughs> um, Christmas Eve. What else maybe. would I rather do? I can't think of anything, especially if it gets cold and rainy again. Then what are you going to do? I know. I'm going to be working like a dog this week. It's supposed to it's be nice. 60 plus every day for like the next 10 days. Lovely out. So um, I'm ready for that. Yeah. So um, what else is going on in the world of tennis? I mean, I don't want to preview anything because I think it's a little early for that. Yeah. I mean, we've definitely. I mean, now you're ta- you're seeing coaching uh, switches now. That's happening more and more. Yeah, I was pretty surprised. Well, number one, it's so late in the year. Why would you wait this long, number one? And then number two... Because let's face it, what we do for a living means nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But like Venus dropped her coach after years. And I I kind of... I love reading these little comments that you get because you kind of learn what really happened. And it was, yeah, our relationship ended over a two-minute phone call. And that was like... You, you tell that guy was pretty pissed. And then, then he followed up with, oh, you know, but I understand. It's her decision to do what she wants. But, you know, you could kind of tell it was like, but well, why that goes without saying phone call? Right. that was the case the first day she hired you, you right. dumb dumb. <laughs> but the fact that she did it over a two minute phone call, not in person, that you could tell there was some bitterness there. Right. Um, right. But I'm like, I feel like the only time people make coaching decisions is when it's too late. Coaching changes. Nine <laughs> times out of ten, it's too late. Like, what is Venus? What is a coaching change going to do for her at this point? Here's what's, here's what's amazing, and here's what should tell. So, in hockey, and I, I think I've said this before on the on the pod here. Hockey, and my Penguins in particular, seem to get better every. I mean, dramatically better when they have a coaching change. So. <laughs> In they, the short term or long term or both? Both. I mean, I don't know how, what do you mean long term? 20 years or well, the I rest mean of like, the season? Yeah, the whole season or yeah. just like in the immediate so, future. here's how we've won. So we won back-to-back cups, Stanley Cups, in 1991, or 91-92, I should say. That was back with Super Mario. <laughs> Not the video game, but <laughs> Mario Lemieux. What's sad is I had to think about what you were the talking about. The greatest hockey player of all time. You Besides heard me. Gretzky. Nope. <laughs> if you look at his game per game stats, really, they're almost even. Wow, he was out for I don't know how long for cancer. Cancer, and he played way later in his career, right? Well, he also started later. No, okay. but I mean older. that would have helped. That would have hurt his per game number if he's playing in his forties. No, what I'm saying is his per game numbers theoretically would have stayed the same. Right. Oh, I see. You're yeah, you're I'm on my side. Yeah, here. I'm saying wouldn't that, wouldn't that have made his per game numbers go down even the fact that he played till he was older than Gretzky? I don't know. But you know Gretzky's numbers overall are better like totals. It's like Brett Favre. I right. mean, yes, of course you have more touchdowns. You played for 27 <laughs> years. You, He's got the most interceptions of anybody. Well, that too, but right. his, you know, but then you go to somebody Per game, per season, that kind of thing. Right. So, I, I had to get off on that because the Penguins are great. <laughs> so, you take the Penguins. So, 90, 91, 92, we won back to back Stanley Cups. And then, fast forward to 09, we won uh, against Detroit. And then, we won back to back, not last year, that was the Caps, boo. But then, two years before that. Well, in 09, we had a coach who had them in the mix. All They were right there. They were some of the top teams. Matter of fact, the year before, they lost the Stanley Cup in the finals to Detroit. The Red Wings, not the Lions. <laughs> uh, the Lions would never do, be in the championship. Yeah, good point. <laughs> do you even know hockey at all? 
by the uh, way yeah i know the teams <laughs> okay and i know the rule i mean i know generally i keep up with it they skate <laughs> not roller so uh so after that season we change coaches halfway through the next season because we're we start out slow even after making the stanley cup final yeah i think this is right um and so we bring in the new coach you know maybe not halfway a little less than halfway and then we ended up winning the Stanley Cup in 09. So then fast forward a couple years later, five or six years later, whenever it was, and we're good every year. We're, you know, we're, we're solid. Playoffs, at least. Yeah, we're solid. And, uh, you know, having arguably the best player in the game at the time, um, Sidney Crosby, still is, or one of, um, and Malkin, we uh, have a little slump. The Stanley Cup winning coach. So we fire him, bring in a new coach halfway through the season again, win a Stanley Cup. And then he wins one again the next year. So he wins back to back. So he didn't get fired after that. <laughs> so we've done that twice. So the so the la two out of the last three Stanley Cups were with a coaching change halfway through. Which is crazy because coaching changes mid season are unusual to begin with. And then I would say you always get a little bit of that boost in the next Seeming, couple weeks. In hockey, seemingly they're not. They're more often. It seems so. But I would say, an, what because uh, that would be officially classified as an interim coach, I would assume, both times. I would say the number of interim coaches that have won a championship in any sport I don't know has got to be single digits. I don't know if they were or not. But listen, here's the deal. It just shows you the... the, the <laughs> again, if you have two of the best players in the game, statistically... And they have shown the and really, I mean the entire roster. There's a lot of all star type players. Right. Well, there has to be if we're stacked. Win, you would think. Well, sometimes, but generally, so it just smacks them in the face, gets them refocused, and now it's it's a minor change, but that's all you need because everybody in the NHL is good. They all can skate a little bit better than me. <laughs> I, by the way, <laughs> I taught tennis to. Or not taught, that's not true. I, I hit with in a, uh, a hockey coach at a college I was coaching at. And I would hit with him semi-regularly. He was a tennis fan, a tennis player. He wasn't bad, like a little 4-0 type, 4-5 yeah. type player. He wasn't bad. And uh, and he was a ten, uh, a hockey coach uh, at the college. And uh, and that was the first, he taught me how to skate. But I had big old... I, we how just, old were you then? Uh, I mean, probably... In your 20s. Late, let's see, what year am I born? So <laughs> 20 years would be 93, I'd be 20. No, I was in my late 20s, early 30s. Okay. Yeah. So that's perfect. I, I still want to learn. I just told my wife that this morning. Oh, I want to see that a lot. Because <laughs> so anyway, I'm so graceful in the court. So I wanted to, uh, so yeah, I wanted to skate. He's a hockey coach, so he took me into the men's locker room, stole a pair of skates, not stole, borrowed. <laughs> Just found a uh, you know one of the players that had my same size, and it was those hockey skates, not the figure skates you're gonna wear, <laughs> and uh, and went out there and, and skated around, and uh, I was like, all right, okay. The so the first time you learned, how many times did you fall down? I don't remember. Not a lot. Okay, not a lot. But I was younger and fitter back then. <laughs> so fast forward to like four years ago, and you know we have the Dallas Stars here. So anytime you have a professional league in your you know town. Other things are going to pop up from that professional league, i.e., junior hockey. Now right. it's a it's a 
it's a stretch. I mean, trying to get junior hockey going in Dallas is right. not, you know, it's not huge, but they have facilities and so forth. So much so that at one point we actually did one of my daughter's birthday parties as an ice rink. Okay. And it was a minor league hockey ice rink slash where they did, they had like multiple rinks. Yeah. They had the main rink with the stands and everything, but they also had practice rinks and stuff. And so they did lessons and crap like that at this place too. And so, uh, so she was into it for, so we were giving her figure skating lessons and I tried to go out there one time <laughs> at this age and at this physical <laughs> ability, uh, let's just say it was a disaster. Uh, I couldn't even, I couldn't even use one of those walker things cause they have these walkers that you skate that behind. Stops you falling down. It doesn't. Oh, no, it's supposed it to. Do- well, I'm not sure. Cause it's all on ice. <laughs> and, um, the idea of you having only, a walker and still falling is well, the only to ice me. that you probably have are in your vodka drinks. But <laughs> for me, the ice, it, you know, it's slippery. And so, <laughs> right. uh, yes, yeah, so it was it was a disaster. And there's a bunch of like little seven year olds, you know, of course, pirouetting around me or whatever you do in skating. Um, yeah. And see here we have a big mall called the Galleria and they have a big ice rink with a Christmas tree in the middle of it. And I don't want to go there and skate with every other kid that knows what they're doing. <laughs> They'd fall into the Christmas yeah, tree. And I'm like clutching the railing, out. you know, uh, which would totally be what I would, what I would be doing. So I don't know, maybe I'll learn in the off season when it's not winter. I would be laughing so hard <laughs> at you. It'd be the best ab workout I've had. In well, years. I was the only person during the indoor skydiving that had to be pulled out and restart because I was so <laughs> like wild. Uh, they had to literally stop in the middle and say, hey, we got to start over. I have no desire whatsoever to do that, by the way. Uh, I don't again. There you go. <laughs> the first time was fine. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, the coaching. I so so my, here, all of that to answer your question <laughs> about the coaching, how much does the coaching matter? I don't think it matters a lot. However, they don't need a lot to make a difference. Nobody, if you watch a player from you know 2016 to 2017 and then maybe into the beginning of 2018, you're not going to see a whole lot of variance in their game regardless right. of how much they've changed because the changes, once you hit that plateau, the changes are so minor. It's really remarkable. You're right. You don't see any player that's just dramatically different. Not that you should. I'm just saying it. It's pretty unusual. I mean, one of the biggest changes we've 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 seen in the last ten years is the saber, right? And I mean, that was Which is funny because he did that so little. That was so overblown. Oh, it was. It was a huge situation. I think I, he did it five times total, and it was like <laughs> it was a new incredible. thing. And I think he be, won all five points. He did it too. It's gonna be sweeping the nation. <laughs> Children will be using the saber. All I would over. say Nadal, you know, flattening out his game a little bit on the hard court was a big change. You know, he went flatter serves, a little bit flatter strokes. Um, But no, I'm not saying it doesn't matter. What I'm saying is when you're 38 or 39, let's say you get the best coach in the world. Well, it would take Me, them I'm busy. theoretically I'm a, a year. Let's say it would take them a year to make the changes they want to make. Well, what are you, what's going to happen when well, you're 40 de- that listen, you can't? It, it depends on the change. I mean, because you're talking about, you know, in our heads, like you know dealing with players you deal with now you're talking about technical changes more than anything more what you deal with with coaching right they're not making technical changes and if they are they're so slight they don't require the same amount of time to to kind of lock in so to speak you know right decision making is a huge one that doesn't take long at all to lock in 
Um, well, on the other side of the coin is if she knows it's her last year, I don't blame her for saying, I want to make sure I have the absolute best person I can get to maximize everything I could do in my last year. Yeah. And I can understand that, you know, James Blake never did that. He kept the same coach his entire career and he got a lot of criticism, criticism for it because he never made it past that next level, the final level. You know, he just got to like eight or nine or 10 and never made it. When you think that, you know, and again, I mean, that's not a horrible level to be at, but it definitely means less when you happen to be playing in the front end of the weakest era in the history of <laughs> But um, it makes you wonder, you know, if after, like now, this career's over, does he wish he would have gone back and got a new coach for his last three years or for those middle three years? He certainly would never say it, but I mean, right. you know, and again, you know, there is discomfort to some degree in terms of making these kinds of changes. So if he wasn't, maybe he knew he wasn't willing to go through that process to make the change because it's also a risk. Again, it's not a video game for these people. This is their career and you never know how long it's going to be. But like for, to me, for Zverev and uh, Sloan, it makes total sense. They're still young. They've had some success, but they've also, you know, felt like they've kind of plateaued. Yeah, but they don't know how long it's going to be either. They, well, I know. Here's what they do know. Here's what they do know. I can compete and win. Well, in Sloan's, um, you know, mind, I ha- can obviously and have won a Grand Slam. Well, yeah, and there's why, be some ego in there too, though. Some, but why would I change? I, I think there's more fear than ego. Honestly, not fear. That's the wrong word, but. You know, just just fear that they're on the decline. You mean no fear that what fear to make a change? Why oh, would yeah, I yeah, change? Definitely. Because there's no way, you know, I can go through the process that I went through to get here. No, I definitely why? think that's why they don't. That, I mean, that's why it's pretty impressive that those two younger younger ones, especially, are changing. Right. I mean, look how long it took Murray to get Lendl. He lost six Grand Slam finals, or whatever it was, five or six before he finally got. Lendl. That was a pretty good, like, prove us in the pudding kind of thing. It was like, uh, yeah, I am losing a lot in right. finals. This <laughs> is... But most people make Grand Slam final. I mean, it's like you said about losing the Stanley Cup. You get a new coach when you lose the Stanley Cup final. No, they got they got one when they lost um, early the next season. Yeah, but I mean, they just came off a of Stanley Cup final the year before. Uh, yeah, but they were, they sucked. <laughs> that ne- They were struggling. So it was really, but again, I mean, I, you know, so if a lot like we talked about Agassi Djokovic, I don't know, you know, at what, cause I, you know, it's, you think and to some degree you, you sit there and you think, huh, Djokovic might be the kind of guy who could get into that, you know, spiritual groove of tennis. You know, he really does. I do. You know, but I, I guess, you know, that's not what he was interested in in this particular relationship because to me... He's too busy hitting with our friends in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, yeah. Well, no, no, but that's not Djokovic's <laughs> fault. That's so. I, but what I'm saying is it seems like he missed an opportunity, you know, but like I right. said, maybe he wasn't looking for it. And, and listen, some people are way more attuned to what their game is and what it needs than other players are. I mean, it's not just because you play a lot doesn't mean you know anything about tennis. Right. Well, I'm putting you on the spot, but who do you think the best coach? Me. If you could have, let's say you just had a player that just got on tour, or is getting on tour tomorrow, 
and we you can't coach him for whatever reason. But who is the if you could have any coach you want on the tour for a generic player, who would you take, male or female? Well, I mean the male or female. Here's tour. the thing. First of all, I have. Well, I mean, put it this way: if I if my daughter decided she loved me, and I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but decided she really wanted to get into tennis. Right. And you won the lottery tomorrow. Why would I win? So lottery? you could afford any coach. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, you know, I think getting her to that point, because development's a whole different issue. Right. So, I, you know, if she decided she wanted to play tennis and I worked with her a little bit, I would, I would more likely, <laughs> believe this or not, I would more likely have you coach my daughter than me. Because well, no, I understand. We already right. all hate you. I right. don't want my daughter to hate me. <laughs> right. So um, I can afford to throw you to the wall. But you know what I mean? So I <laughs> no, wouldn't I coach you. Mean. But if we got to the point, now here's the good news is, is I'm educated enough in tennis to make quality choices, I would think, in terms of you know her career. Uh, I, so that's a that's a question that I've you know, not thought about because that sounds weird, like I'm plotting my daughter's future <laughs> and she doesn't even play um but uh so it, that's a better scenario to really think because i know my daughter right i know her personality i don't know that's a hard question because there's so many other factors than just x's and o's well that's what i'm saying if you take out the style of play and the personality part who do you think you would take and I'm, that's if there's a follow-up question coming. That's the only reason I'm asking this. All right. Well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> well, the re- I'm telling you, the reason I don't know is because I don't even think, you know, these coaches are the only – I mean, there's so many coaches out there. Yeah, it might be some college coach. It might be, you know, some local academy coach. You. Is, uh, that's, that's what you're fishing for? I, you'd be our coach. <laughs> you'd be our coach Well, sure. what I was fishing for is whoever – let's say you said Brad Gilbert. All right. What percentage of, of improvement – would he make in a player well already a tour level one that's already a tour level player first of all he would have the obviously best nicknames ever (laughs) um i'm so over those (laughs) i know yeah so over those um here's here's the truth that other podcasters won't tell you i don't know enough about what he what he brings to the table as a coach to really know, because it's such an intricate... I was going to say, I don't know that any of these guys bring something so unique. It's just the relationship they have with the person. I mean, that's probably true for most of them. But I would think if you really wanted to revamp your approach to competing, then BG would be a great option. Because, I mean, he wrote a book, and I'm not just saying this because of the book, but, I mean, it gives you a sense of what I'm talking about. He wrote a book called Winning Ugly. Right. And that has nothing to do with his haircut. <laughs> um, but, I mean, there's probably less than 10 coaches in the world that have had tremendous success with more than one player. True. Like, Magnus Norman was amazing for Warinka. Well, who else has he ever coached to any success whatsoever? Well, he may, I don't know if he's even tried. Well, that's what I mean. But, but I mean, like, Anacone, obviously you can say he's... Had Sloan, he had Federer, he had Sampras. He's got several. Same Brad Gilbert's had Murray, and he might, and he might be like, who knows? He might be like the Phil Jackson, right? Where it's like he can take big egos, and he's not the guy, the people that are already stars. Well, maybe, but I think he also does bring them to another level. So I don't, you know, because everybody says, oh, Phil Jackson just had the best players. Yeah, well, guess what? 
I could have coached the Bulls and we would have lost, you know, <laughs> what was their record? 78 games or something? 74 and 8. 74 and 8. Yeah. I would be the opposite every year. I'd be 8 and 74 every year. Um, that's incredible. You'd have Only Jordan way. on the bench for his attitude. <laughs> hey, put your tongue back in your mouth when you're dunking. Nobody wants to see that. It's gross. Stop chewing gum. Um, stepped on two pieces already. But yeah, I just wonder, like, how many times like these like i would be curious to see what happens to you know how cahill where sloan stevens coach goes if venus's coach goes anywhere you know eventually serena and marati will split up it'll be interesting to see where those people end up and where those players they take on go well i'll tell you you know we that's another thing and I, i don't know why it's missing um i've got some theories i don't know why the the um so what i'm getting at is like nfl for instance the coaches at the nfl are celebrities in their own right oh and they get all the credit not all the credit but they no, get no, a no, high but, percentage of the credit well i don't even care about that I, what i'm saying is is they they we know about well again i don't know anything about football but relative to my you know knowledge of football I know Rex Ryan is a defensive guy. Right. You know, I know Mike Tomlin's a defensive guy, and I know he prefers the 4-3 over the 3-4. Right. I don't know what really the intricacies of that means, but I know he's been running a 3-4 since he took over because we had Dick LeBeau, who's a 3-4 guy, who invented the, it doesn't matter, zone (laughs) blitz. Um, You know, but I don't know. It's different in tennis because it's not about what the coach knows. It's different. So I want Mike Tomlin, Steelers coach, to change our defense to a 4-3 because that's his preferred defense. And when they want, you know, he had the Tampa 2 when he was, you know, he was working uh, with um, Dungy when Tampa won the Super Bowl. Uh, Well, Gruden, he was with, I don't know if he was still, I don't know if he stayed actually. But anyway, it's neither but here. they were running that same defense yeah, right. the whole time. And so, you know, I'm sitting here thinking about those things. I can't say that the same thing about tennis coach. Number one, I don't know. Right. But number two, it doesn't matter because it doesn't work the same way when you're coaching individuals. Yeah, well, like what you're saying is when a coach takes over a team in the NFL, that team takes on the coach's identity. To some degree. Now, if you have a stud, like all-time great player like Tom Brady or something, right. um, you know, or really, uh, let me use a better example because Belichick's such a, you know, a heavy name. Um, but if you if you have like a uh, like uh, what's his name uh, Peyton Manning when he went to Denver, yeah, I'm pretty sure he didn't just jump right in with whatever they were running in Denver. I'm right. pretty sure Denver switched to yeah. him. But that's the quarterback number one, and he's such at an elite level that what are you going to do? But in tennis, it's you are necessarily bending to the way the player plays you can't right paul anacone's not going to come in and start making everybody come to the net non-stop yeah now, and that's what's kind of funny we kind of criticized agassi i mean Djokovic for taking agassi and it's like why you know bother getting someone that plays that way well, we have to assume they're not coaching everybody to play the way they played right but i know a lot of amateur coaches that do coach that way oh sure um, and you would assume at the highest level they don't. But I even even McEnroe, I heard him talking a lot about how roundish needed to be serving volume and doing this. And it's like, well, that's what you did. That doesn't mean that's what he should be doing. Well, now, I will say this. There are certainly aspects of people's games from, you know, bygone eras that do need to be implemented. Now, if I said, oh, Zverev really needs to start coming in more. Right. I'm an idiot. 
because he's awful at volley. <laughs> he sucks at volley right. and so bad. Please don't come in ever. But that's not to say you couldn't sit here and say, listen, you're playing against Nadal and Djokovic, provided they stick around for a lot longer. You know, you're playing against, you cannot compete with them off the ground. Here's a workaround. Compete with them off the ground while you can and figure out a way to get better at this thing we called volleying. This is where you <laughs> see that thing up there. It's called a net. And you hold your racket here and you don't miss the ball <laughs> by 17 feet when all you have to do is tap it in. It's unbelievable. It makes me mad just thinking about it. I'm going to punch somebody. Um, you know, so I think that's one difference is the way our sport is, you know, it's an individual sport. So you can't just come in and say, do that. And that your example is a perfect example of that trying to. John, you know, John Macron is always talking about why don't you serve out wide on the on the right. ad side because they're not left handed, <laughs> you jack wagon. Yeah, yeah, just come in the net and put the volley away. It's like why don't you just question the call more because <laughs> we're not a holes. Well, and you know, I don't think that they. I could you name the coach? Talk about naming states. I don't think you could name the coach of the top ten, probably eight of the top ten players right now. Um, and that's what you talk about. Like you could probably name 30 of the NFL coaches right now, the 32. I don't, maybe all of them. I don't know that you could name any of the top 10 coaches, WTA or ATP. All right. I'm glad you threw both in there. I was about to say, I worried about you. <laughs> um, of course, and obviously some that have changed. They don't, they don't count because they don't have one. Right. All right. So I think, um, Zverev's coached by his dad, right? Well, yeah, Lendl now, but. And Lendl. Yeah. And Marion Vida. Is Djokovic's again, yeah. Back in action. Right. <laughs> By the way, I'm reading all of this. <laughs> <laughs> Federer, I guess, is still Lubicic. He's always there. Taylor Fritz, Paul Anacone. Oh, really? Yeah, baby. I didn't know that. Let's see. How about nothing? Del Potro. I have no clue. I couldn't tell you. Dr. John, Dr. Alfredo, whatever, it doesn't matter. Just get him on the court. That's his most important yeah, exactly. coach. Team, I couldn't tell you who his coach is. And don't care. Uh, Nishikori couldn't tell you. How much more? I don't know anything. I can name every state, and you don't believe me, but I promise you. <laughs> I can name I, every single state. Now that I re- realize you've moved around, that does help. It's got nothing to do with it. I'm just smarter. Than <laughs> I can name every single state on a blank map of the United States. I could not tell you anything about any human being from any other country and what their personalities are like and what they're into. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, I think from the standpoint of American tennis, I think it would be a huge boost to American tennis if the coaches played a more prominent role in no, that's what I'm saying. The whole thing. So, only in the Grand Slams do they even reference the coaches at all, and they may interview them during the match or before the match. Or the hard part is, you know, I mean, listen, Belichick doesn't come out and say, you know, well, you know, Tom's really strong, you know, moving to his right side or whatever. You right. know, I mean, it, they just don't do that because they're psycho and they, yeah. they got to protect every, you know, which is fine. Well, it's even more so with an individual sport. Yeah, you know, but the difference is you're not most of the time you're not really tricking anybody. 
Um, but yeah, you don't ever hear them come in on the on tennis commentary. You hear them, man, they, he came in with a really good plan. You know, Marion Vida gave him a great plan in this match. Well, they do say it, but they don't know what they're talking about. Right. They well, really they, don't. They, may have, they say it more like the player's the one that did it. Man, he just had a great game plan this whole match. Well, it's like he has a coach, and I'm sure they discussed it beforehand and planned it out. It wasn't just like he spontaneously decided to do it mid-match. Right. I'm trying to remember. There was something, and you're going to help me because I'm, I'm foggy here. There was something I saw on maybe Tennis Channel, and I just remember players sitting there with their coach talking in a hotel room or something. And I'm trying to remember, or like was, a show, or or yeah. Hmm. No, I don't think I've seen that. Damn it. <laughs> well, anyway, it, it that would be. They still do that bag check they've done for years that nobody cares about. <laughs> I don't care what's in your bag. I know what's in your bag, okay? Yeah, lip balm, headphones. All like. your tennis stuff, obviously, so I don't care about what racket you use. <laughs> but, all, yeah, your lip balm, your headphones, some little squishy little toy that Grandma Num Num gave you, you know, in your home country. Um, A loose sock. It's like the... Yeah, it's over. Let it go. <laughs> How about you tell me what's not in your bag... Um, that you wish you had, but you don't want anybody to know your weird secrets. Yeah. No, I don't know where I'm going with that. I tried. I let it go. It's like, are these HGH? Oh, yeah, cut. You know, let's refilm that segment. So, um, so yeah, coaches should be more prevalent, which I think. And we're not saying it, I don't think, to get say they should get more credit. I'm just saying that it would be another aspect, you know, to talk about. A huge aspect. I, a huge aspect, I think. Yeah. Here. Anyway, again, I don't care about foreigners. Um, kidding. Well, I would love for the coach to come in after the match because then it doesn't matter. The match is over. Even though Serena's coach got hammered for, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> so not would, like that. But I think the problem with that was I think he did that before he talked to her. Right. Like I'm talking about the next day they come, you know, how did you beating it all and, it, and it, instead of having the commentators do it how about the, having the coach come in there and say well look you know this was one of our strategies because it doesn't matter that they're going to be a different game plan the next time you play that person anyway or not because the coach is going to come in and know what they did anyway that worked well here's the thing there's only so many options right right there's only so many options that you can you know try to do in a tennis match it's not like football where you have a combination of 11 versus a combination of 11 and you can mix and move those players not in any kind of which way because certain people have to be in certain places to start you know on the offense yeah but generally you've got a ton more options in football than you do in tennis and so that's one thing that 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 whole secretive thing wouldn't make sense in foot in tennis right so even with that i'm like well just let it go just come on give well, us it's the like dirt. when nishikori beat Federer. it's like okay he's certain of volleyed so i mean that next time it's not gonna be a surprise if he does it to Federer. right so if the coach came in and said yeah we had a real plan from the certain volley this time he did it only on you know you know add points or well on this side or only certain volley, you know that that's already gonna be pretty obvious because it already happened when i got news for you uh i think that might be a good tactic for people who either beat Fetter or played him real tight is to, is to talk about what you did and what you were going to do and what you didn't do because right. at, least, at least you're mixing it up and making Federer think. Yeah. Because nothing else is working. <laughs> but yeah, that we've talked about so many you know of those elements that get ignored in tennis and would just make the viewing experience so much better. Um, well, that's, I, I, that's why the bottom line is 
on-court coaching a la college or Davis Cup style. That's it. We would get it would naturally work itself into that you know uh that realm. Right. Cuz we had it, then we'd have to figure out what to do with it. So if we had all day every day coaching on court nonstop. Right. Then we would naturally gravitate towards wanting to know more about what they're yapping about over there. And then that would parlay itself into coaches segments and right. And I would not want that unless we could hear with a translation and in English (laughs) because you're a a xenophobe. (laughs) Every changeover needs to be on the mic. I don't think the TV wants that because that's when they want their commercials. But that would be a perfect thing to show between these 20 seconds between points Hey, this is what they talked about the changer while you guys were gone. Well, that makes it an impossibility, so I'll change it up. I don't care about a translator like mic'd up in real time. I don't care. Because you if you have this put it this way, in football, they can do anything. I right. mean, they they see a play happen. They put microphones in the helmets. In one no no no, but I'm talking about live on the fly. You know, they a play happens in one second after the play's right. over. They're showing that same player playing when he's eight years old in a sandlot (laughs) running the same play. And it's like, dude, that's amazing. Yeah, they've got hundreds of hours of tape they're just waiting to use at any point. And so do I expect them to get to that? Obviously not. Right. But they could certainly get closer. I was going to say, I think they do 1% of that. They could at least do 10%, you know, 20%. I mean, how many times have we seen the same clips of, you know, Serena and Venus when they were kids or this, you know, it's like you got to come up with something different at this point. Well, I, I think that would allow, I, listen, I think the professionals that work behind the camera, the professionals that work in the editing booth, uh, in the studio or in the yeah. truck, you know, whatever they have in football, I, I think they would love it because they get to showcase, you know, one of their skills. Well, and I'll give you a prime example that game Please do. last night, the Browns and the Broncos, they showed three different clips from three different games, the, the famous drive with John Elway, the last time Cleveland beat the uh, uh, Broncos, some like things like that. When Joe was just playing Federer for the 50th time, how about we go back and show you that this was the first time they played 20 years ago, you know, 15 years ago. And again, it's just something to add to that viewing experience instead of just walk, watching them walk to towel off and get a ball and... I'll put something in there that yeah, makes it if, interesting. Yeah, if I miss a point, right? Who cares? Yeah, that if too. If you can give me, if you can give me that production value, who cares if I come in after the first serve's been hit? Right. Um, yeah, this is the last time Federer broke, you know, Djokovic in the first game of the match. It was you know nineteen ninety nine, and it was there, whatever, you know. Well, part of it is with the Broncos and the Browns. You knew that game was coming, right? 15, That's true. 14 weeks ago when they first put out the schedule. So production teams were probably already compiling information. And we've so, talked about the Grand Slam is hard when you're going back and forth and court to court, not knowing matches till the day ever, day before. It's hard to have that much preparation. But I'll tell you this. The doggone sure know that Feder and Djokovic and Nadal are going to play each other <laughs> right. again at some point. This right. ain't new, people. Yeah, it's, you got to have a whole binder full of stuff in those matchups. Yeah, so yeah, so there is. So on the one hand, you let them off the hook a little because hey, the you know the production um, can only be done so far ahead of time because you'd have to do 
you know, whatever. How, I don't know what all the combinations of right. uh, one twenty-eight draw are mathematically. Yeah, I know states. I don't know mathematics, <laughs> but uh, but they have to be you know too big for for that scenario. Right. But you can do something. Well, and you know, I was furious that Tom Federer played that Marcus Willis seven seventy-four in the world, and they didn't have any video of that guy playing because they always talked about him drinking. He drank the RC cola on the changeovers and. They kept talking about it, and they had no like video of him doing it, which I thought would have been hilarious. And maybe there's not because he's playing at non-televised, you know, tournaments. But it's well, like one could have th- had something there. Well, one thing that you know, and, and again, here's the deal: it's not a league, right? So no one is responsible to get gather info on any particular player since the time they're whatever, right? But you know, in football. Every even the awful teams like Cleveland, um, you know there there are people responsible for gathering you know data and gathering footage yeah. of, of all their stuff. So it makes it a little tougher. So I'm letting them a little bit off the hook, I guess. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you want to you talk about first of all, we already know what the number one thing they need to do to add value to their production. Have us commentate. That's <laughs> of it. Of course, yeah. So if you're interested, we're known for our in depth research we do prior to everything. Well, yeah, but if somebody was paying us right. that kind of money, of course we, <laughs> we didn't would. have to do other jobs. Well, and we'd ha- listen. In our perspective, first of all, our personalities, w- well, mine would be way. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're all right. <laughs> would be way, way better and legitimate, and uh, you know, um, authentic, but also different insights. Not the same old, same old. You know, right? Boring kind of. You know, I'm telling you, they're living 100% off name recognition with these commentators. That's the only, like, oh, that's John McEnroe talking. He must know what he's talking about. That's Chris Everett. Yeah. I mean, my favorite is Gimmelstab. I think, he, oh, wait, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But those, are the, I mean, that's literally, oh, it's Navratilova saying, well, she must know, you know, what she's talking about. She's won 25 Grand Slam. You know, it's it's that philosophy that they have that doesn't, you know, apply. Right. And here's the deal. Listen, I could be totally wrong, all right, on my on my impression of what BG Tennis Nation would be if they let them loose. I could be totally wrong. Maybe the reason they ha- haven't let him loose is because he's horrendous. I was going to say, his whole, his whole job is a soundbite. It's like they give him a 30 seconds to talk every hour. Right, and he's got uh, nicknames for he's even the people. He's got to be the, the Dick Vitale, you know, of the... Of tennis. And maybe they know something I don't. <laughs> I, no, seriously. They know that's all he's got is 30 seconds but of material. But, again, he's written a book about coaching. Right. And he has coached some players. So, to me, you know, let him loose, man. Let yeah, him I loose. I would love for him to be in there in a match when it's 4-5 in the set. Nobody's been broken. And he says, you know, if I were coaching him and I could tell him I would have him do X, Y, and Z right now. You haven't broken a serve yet do these three things and you're going to chance to break and you're going to be much better. But they never, you know, they, they never, okay, I wonder what he's going to do this game or it's break point. What did they don't ever, they don't ever hypothesize what the player's going to do. They just say, Oh, I can't wait to see what happens on this point. It's are, like, well, thanks. Are know. they doing what Stephen A. Smith did? The other, just <laughs> Does he wing his entire career and he's just been good at it enough to get away with well, it? He's in, he's in for his personality. We know that. Who, Stephen A. Smith? Oh yeah. He's in because yeah. he's, loud and opinionated he's not in for his expertise i'm not saying he's not knowledgeable that's weird i think that just something happened that game i don't know what he probably was busy i i buy it and nba is definitely his passion i think nfl isn't right 
but I'm sure they make him talk about NFL more than he probably wants. Right, because that's what that you know NFL's king. Right. Well, I'll t- I mean, I and listen, I buy his excuse. He's busy. He didn't get a chance to. So what is he gonna do? Right. Say no, sorry, I can't do my job today because I didn't have time to get to whatever. Yeah, you know he's not gonna. That sit works back for and be you quiet. on this podcast, <laughs> but he can't do that. Well, yeah, he's, he's not gonna say, "Oh, you guys talk about it." I'll just sit here and you know listen. We know that's not gonna happen. He's got to be well, loud, no matter what he's saying. He's got to be loud and you know forceful. Yeah, I will say that you know, like for us, it's pretty easy to tell. Obviously, sometimes, but. You know, for women's tennis in particular this year, we couldn't find it. Right. We did not have opportunities to watch it. Yeah. And, you know, it's pretty easy for us to say, hey, we're on a podcast and we did not about tennis, but we could not watch any of the tennis we're supposed to be talking about. Right. And it's not, I mean, there's nothing we do about it. Well, I mean, I guess there is. I could spend hundreds of thousands of dollars (laughs) on every, you know, whatever. But Well, it'd be like us coming in and saying, man, you know, that doubles match was neck and neck all the way through and they just took it at the end and then come to find out you know one of the girls sprained her ankle halfway through we didn't realize we didn't watch <laughs> so i mean that's kind of what he did there he kind of acted like he knew what he was talking about when he didn't well he overestimated he thought we don't he try just, to do that <laughs> he could, yeah yeah i think we do a pretty good job of just saying nah we didn't see it because right. we, we didn't so you know and particularly for you you didn't see it this month <laughs> you'll see it yeah once nobody wants to talk about it i'll have seen it but uh, but yeah, so the answer is blowing in the wind. No, the answer <laughs> is more access to coaches, which will in turn lead to more um, coverage of said coaches, which I think in turn will, right. will, will lead to a more educated um, following of people watching tennis. Um and and I think it'll spiral, and and people will be people will be more interested in matches that, on paper, they'll be more interested in a you know uh, Tampa Bay Detroit game, right? Or, or well, this year Jacksonville, they're awful. Um, you know, they'll be more interested in games that maybe they wouldn't have watched. More interested in matches in this case, um, because they'll they'll be more educated. Because like you know, you hate tennis, but. <laughs> Well, tennis doesn't do the the in between stuff. Like I used to work for a arena football team. What? And I did. Wait, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, I used, that's how I got to work for the Cowboys later. Wide receiver. <laughs> um, Wait, you work for the Cowboys? I did. They See? have a football team still. Um, and I went. Maybe not after today. Don't say anything to that. Um, I went to call in if you know the Cowboys. I, score. I want to, you to ruin it immediately. <laughs> I went to their games, and I thought, well, who cares about this? But the 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 in between time, the downtime, they made it super entertaining. You know, they had, they obviously had, you know, people giving stuff away. They had cheerleaders. They had video stuff. They had, you know, music. They had all this. And tennis, they do nothing. It's just nothing between the points, between the games to make it interesting. And the points themselves, obviously, we love tennis. We love that part of it. But it's the it's the downtime they don't do anything with. Well, they did like soccer where they had the, the ads in the corner Nonstop, right? Then you wouldn't have to go to commercial, yeah. Then maybe they could, but yeah, I mean that. But I even mean between points because some of these matches, I mean, twenty seconds is a long time between a point. Even well, to watch the do? previous point on replay, have, have a, a a dance team come out on the court <laughs> in between points. I'm just saying that that was one thing they did a really good job of in these games. That it, there was always something going on, no matter what. Well, yeah, but there's just no downtime. Twenty seconds is a lot, but not a lot to I know, get a that's lot the problem. Done. 
Uh, that's why I said, like, like I said, I mean, I wouldn't mind missing a first serve if they're really knocking me out with some good information. Right. right. Yeah, I mean, it's that. That's the part I think. And can, there's one thing I want to see rid of in all sports. Please, is the pre-match or pre-game interview with the player. Oh, that's the worst. Or the coach. It is it is horrible. How about when Tomlin's running off I after know, halftime? Horrible. They missed the field goal right <laughs> right before the half. Hey, coach, what do you think your special teams need to do a little better in the second half? We need to make field goals. Kick the ball. Alrighty then. I mean, it's so stupid. You know, what are you going to do to score more points in the second half? We're going to try to complete more passes, you know. Well, here's the thing. It might be stupid, but in all honesty, it might absolutely work in regards to people having to see, you know, just improving the overall sort of sense of how much a part of the game people fans are right. or something you know what i mean but something. i hate that when they're walking on the court of the u.s open those little two question interviews yeah the, they are the worst yeah they say nothing i would rather them say you know what did you what did you eat before this or you know <laughs> instead of I mean, what do you think about playing on center court for the 51st time you know it, it literally that's what they ask and it's oh you know it was great it was great two days ago when i did it too you know i'm really excited to play her you know, she's a great player we're gonna have a really f- good match now, what are you going to do to win? Uh, I'm going to try to play better than she does. You know, it's like it's so pointless. And the certain players, you know, they're going to be pointless. Some players will give you a little bit, but some of them, Sharapova will give you nothing. You know, Nadal's going to give you nothing. Serena's going to give you nothing. Is like, why even bother? Yeah, I'm with you on that. They could jazz it up. They could make it better, but and uh, yeah, they I mean, could probably make it better by uh, not doing it. <laughs> I would, add, you know, what was the last song you listened to before you walked on the court? You know. Some, something different or how about this how about don't even talk to them just commentate about what they're doing <laughs> no i'm serious right well here comes serena down the 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 you know the tunnel she lo- seems to have her game face as she, on as she's walking by she's lost to this person five times in a row <laughs> the last you know, i don't care I yeah why she's not gonna do differently this time but yeah then they'll ask him well you've you've lost the last eight sets you've played against Nadal. what are you going to try to do differently yeah i'm gonna try to play better it's like they're not going to give you the real answer. So why even ask the question? Well, even if they might not even have that answer. I mean, right. A lot of tennis is, well, is based on the, they usually don't because they usually lose again. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, weakest error. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so wh- yeah, one answer also could be just um, the, the, the commentator having some, you know, prepared sort of, you know, um, not remarks, but like prepared, um, stratagems, right? If you will, and, and just talk about them to themselves. Because here's what the here's what the people here's what's appealing about that whole situation. Not their dumb answers. Right. They don't. The players don't care about the question. Yeah. The commentator, the questioner, doesn't care about the no, question. No, they don't. They don't know. They're all uncomfortable. They, they don't, don't they, even play off the answers they get. They just have their list of two questions they're going to ask, no matter what the first question's answer right. is. Right, and then they ask him. Yeah, a la Katrina Adams in the uh, post. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, they, but no one cares. All they care about is the access to the player. Right, just looking at their face, seeing what it looks like seconds before they're about to go out and really get after it. Again, golly, I feel so un-American doing this <laughs> in soccer. So, in the English Premier League. Right before they go out for the, you know, for the kick. Right. What do you call it? Kick off? I don't know what you call it. Kick off. Um, You know, where they both stand in a circle and touch the ball and then it's go. (laughs) Um, Right before they do that, 
they have both teams lined up right next to each other in the tunnel in a big line. They come out as a group, like in a pair of lines. Yeah. Um, and the cameras are in there, all up in the players' faces, but no one's asking them questions. No one's, you know, talking right. about whatever. They're just looking at them. Oddly enough, I'd rather see that. Oddly enough, that's what they. That, I think that's what the people want to see. I think that's the whole appeal to it all. I don't care about looking at them. I don't. <laughs> I really don't. The players or whatever. Um, it would be fun to you know be in the locker room listening to what their coaches are telling them right before they have to go out and play. Well, and this wouldn't work for selling ads, I'm sure. But I'd rather see a six to ten minute commercial. <laughs> During that warm-up walkout time, and then have you know five games uninterrupted, then have you know watch them warm up and watch them walk out for that, watch them walk on a center court and all that. I mean, I've only seen that you know eight times a day, every day of a slam. Like, what do right. I need to see them walk out for? Like, right. man, they're really giving Federer an ovation. Yeah, they did the last five hundred times he played there too. Like, what what do I need to see there? I don't understand <laughs> what that. Plus, they're walking out together. So, what is that even proving? Well, they walk offset sometimes, you know, but whatever. That's true. But, but no, you're exactly right. It, it, that's something that can just disappear. Yeah, the first match of the tournament, I get it. That's, you know, center court, Wimbledon first match. That I understand. It's the first time we've seen it this tournament. You know, that's cool, fitting champion or however they do it. But I don't need to see it for every single match and then watch them warm up and, you know, all that. All that information they give during that time, I'd rather get that information in the start of the match. Right. You know, in the first three games, give me the information. This is how many, this is what matches they won to get to this point. This is their head to head record. Oh, this all is that time. Right, yeah. right, right, right. I'd rather see all that yeah. while the match is going on. For sure. Yeah. Especially in those first couple of games where it's like boring. Yeah. I'd rather uh, learn about the players at that time. Look at that. But change in tennis, man. If people just listen to us, <laughs> it'd be over. It'd be fixed. Problem solved. Yeah. Right, you got any other problems you want to solve? Nope, I've solved them all. Thank goodness, because I can't listen to you anymore today. Um, what do you got on tap when you get home? What football are you recording? Oh, the Cowboys. Game, oh yeah, and then your team's I saw their about score. to start. <laughs> I know we got to hurry up. So I've got a lot to look forward to. No corner today. No. Nope. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I don't know why I brought that idea up so many years ago. <laughs> the whole show is a corner now. Good point. Yeah, you're actually talking more now. That's you're welcome. <laughs> I have to take drinks and yawn more. I think that's what it is. I'll leave some gaps in there. So, all right. Well, that's it. We're gonna we're gonna just let this let this episode die. Go out into the every, everybody else needs to go out into the snow. They got some snow other places. I'm sure it's not here. Um. So maybe we're their their sole beacon <laughs> in the in the winter time. You know, hearing us. Um. All right. So, uh, as usual, get on our Twitter. Um. We do have some people uh, shooting questions to us on Twitter. Um, I forgot to a- answer one in this podcast. How about if I answer it right now? You want to do that? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Golly, what a disaster. <laughs> well, two things. Number one, I took a, I, I figured out how to do a poll. Oh, did you? Yes, I did. Did you make one already? I did. Uh-oh. So the poll was, so first of all, it said, um, if Djokovic wins all four slams in 2019, can we say it's the weakest era in men's tennis ever? <laughs> all right. That's such a loaded question. There's really no way to answer that. Although I guess it is. So, and then, but it's, but it's true. Right. So then my, my, um, 
my question was, and I don't know if I spelled this right or not, but so my question was, the poll question was, which one's more likely to happen? Djokovic wins all four or next Jenner wins one? And I spelled Jenner with two N's. But G- it's next gen. G e n n e r. But then G e n e r could be. No, I think that's Jenner. fine. So Jenner, but not Unless Caitlyn Jenner. Put G e n apostrophe e r. I don't know. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so Djokovic, and it only had thirteen votes. So I'm disappointed in that. But, <laughs> but Djokovic wins all four. Got thirty one percent of the vote. Next Gen wins one slam, 69% of the vote. See, but those people would have said the same thing for the last six years, that a Next Gen is going to win one. Like, everybody hey, always how thinks many, those people are going to win. How many of those people would have been right over the last <laughs> five years? None. Hey! They, they always, people always think the Next Gen is going to over, overachieve. Right, the worst question is, which Next Gen is going to win next? Yeah. None of them. How about that? How about none well, of them? Next could mean eight years from now, you know. Well, next next gen is a whole nother. But I mean, I don't know. Honestly, that bet that is not an easy choice. So that was a good poll. I think. Well, it depends on who your category of next gener is, but yeah, I mean, because Verev is he he can't be a next gener, right? Well, technically he is. Yeah, but and what I mean by next gen is age, and I guess right. it's surpassing them because I'm only talking about one year. So I, you can say any of them because basically it's either. Djokovic wins all four, right? Or one of those guys besides Federer and Nadal wins another one, right? And, I, and not Chilich, yeah, not Delpo. Although who knows? If you what. take is if you take Zverev, if Zverev's not in that list, I'll take the Djokovic option if, for sure. If Zverev's in the list, I'll take it even more. Well, I still would take it, but I think it would be I would be less confident. I'd be more confident <laughs> because there's no chance he's winning. <laughs> well, team is not next gen by age. He's the only other one I see that could win one. Yeah. Of that, right. But I'm counting Tsitsipas. I'm counting yeah, everybody. I see Tsitsipas making a semi. I'm counting year. everybody that's not a big three or Chillage, Stan, Joke of, you know, um, Delpo, um, Murray. So I'll modify your oh, poll. No, it's not good enough. What's more now. likely, Djokovic wins all four or a first time winner wins one? Oh, still Djokovic all Yeah, four. that's what I mean. There isn't. There isn't somebody who hasn't won one. Because like you said, if Chilich wins one, that proves nothing. Right. Because he's already made two finals. Already made one and another final. All right. So here's a tw- I, I'm Listen, if they tweet, it's in public, right? So I'm just going to say the person's <laughs> tweet Twitter feed. At Theo Freedom. How about that? Hmm. I don't know what that means. Because <laughs> his name's not Theo on the thing. Whatever. Um, so he, um, he's first of all, his first sentence is problematic. <laughs> I listened to maybe 20 tennis podcasts. Why would you listen to any? There are that many tennis podcasts? That's impressive. That seems to be a bit much. Um, I still think we're the best. Uh, I appreciate your controversial opinion that this error is weak. Okay. It's not controversial. It's facts. <laughs> facts. But what do you make of these acres of ex-pros? I don't know what that means. Sometimes autocorrect. These acres of maybe lots of ex-pros yeah. saying that finesse has risen so much along with RPMs and shot speed that the previous eras become impossible to compare. Well, we've always said that. Yeah, we're not saying that people from this era would lose to people from the 90s. That's that's yeah. That argument's never going to happen. 100 in the world. In any sport. 100 in the world today, 
if you were to pluck him out of this era, but exact same skills, same shoes, yeah. same <laughs> racket and strings, and drop him into 1950, he's the number one player in the world. Yeah, if you put the steel curtain against the 49ers right now. Yeah, baby. The 49ers are going to blow them out 56-3. to three. Great so analogy. It doesn't, uh, Best it doesn't. team of all time. <laughs> but exactly, that's why I picked them. They would still get crushed by any team currently. Same with any of the take the five best NBA players from the sixties. Well, they well here they here's why they would. Here's why the Steelers would get beat because you can't touch anybody anymore. <laughs> they were murdering. Yeah, otherwise, they just not. If you play under the fifties rules, they were murdering. They and they'd knock out every receiver, murdering people, murdering receivers <laughs> all day, every day. Now a receiver gets tackled normally, and they get a penalty. Yeah. So anyway, but no, that's we've never said that. The people now would lose to the people in the 90s. Yeah, so here's the tricky part because maybe he's trying to trap me. I don't know. He might be smarter than we are. But <laughs> That's not saying much. Well, yeah. Um, if, if you were to take any player from any era and make them born in this era and train, I think they would be at, you know, at the top of their game. Right. Because they were the best in the world at what they yeah. did with everybody being equal, right. all things being equal, training methods, etc. Now, that almost hurts my argument in terms of this is the weakest error because what I one factor you have to look at is how much better are they than their than their contemporaries. Right. So Sampras was the best of his era. I think that's fair to say. Right. But he he didn't have the same separation that you know uh, Djokovic, Nadal, and uh, Federer have. So that goes against my argument. But well, when think, you factor in the but then you have to factor in the level of his you know his uh, contemporaries. But I think, like you said, we can just look at stats. And if you look at five through twenty now ranking they've got a total of maybe one or two slams. And you look at 5 through 20 of any other year-end ranking from 2000 before, I guarantee you there's double-digit slam totals in there. Yeah, we have way more evidence from years past. And so what you're saying is they're all the anomaly. This period isn't. Right. So every year since 81 or even before, because we haven't done any research, we're <laughs> totally guessing, but I feel feel like it's right, Eight, so what you're saying is all those years are the anomaly, and somehow in this era they're beyond dominant. Right. It's not just your average everyday. Oh, you're ahead of the rest of the group a bit. Well, no. what's funny is people say the three greatest players ever. Well, you had McEnroe and Borg. You had Agassi, Sampras. They still didn't win all four slams every year, or even three out of four slams every year. They maybe each got one, or on a good year they got two. You know, you didn't have them winning three and four combined consistently for the last 10 years. They're just not as good, let's face it. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, so I, but yeah, so our, our argument certainly has never been that Rod Laver could compete head to head with anybody, but that's, that's one of those fun baseball type arguments where it has right. no end. Um, and that's the fun part um, because you can't look at, Rod Laver and say, well, okay, he was, uh, you know, short, but he was really fast. Right. 
Well, let's see when they do those stupid tails of the tail. Okay, we're going to give, you know, Laver two check marks on his forehand and Federer three. Well, it's going to be Federer 10 check marks to zero if they played today. Right. You know, it does, I mean, I get the point of that, but you can only do that based on stats and, you know, and except and that kind of thing. Except one thing. What, that he didn't play for eight years? No. Oh. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, that actually, that's that's one definitely, because he, he definitely had to play in the... Uh, the that in between air of the of the open and the right in the closed air um now i forgot what i was going to say <laughs> golly you threw me off track what what was your point oh that they that fetter would kill him in every category oh was, right, right right oh i know one thing i was going to say is no matter what the era anyone gets a check mark on volley over zverev <laughs> so i don't care what method you use to That's train true. that is clear that is so apparent it's not even funny <laughs> um so yeah so i i uh i look at it like this is um of course you can't make a direct comparison but you can look at the balance between how good they were relative to their compatriot their their contemporaries and the stats in the you know the relative goodness of their contemporaries and i think i think it's pretty clear uh, clear might be strong a word, but I, I, I from from my point of perspective, uh, my truth <laughs> is that um, that this this era is weaker, and you know again the only proof, unfortunately, the only proof is long after we've given up on this podcast <laughs> and the next 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 gen. Well, that's only a couple weeks away. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true, but the next next gen is you know up in the double digits of grand slams once the next next gen surpasses the next gen then i mean tell me that if no next gener team and i'm, I'm including anybody team zverev um you know chorich um Raonich. Raonich, he's a little, older, he's a little bit older sock <laughs> hey he's still got a chance um Anyway, you know who we mean. If they never win a slam and only dot the landscape of, you know, 1,000s and even 500s, because, I mean, listen, it when not everyone plays, I mean, they're still talented tennis players for Pete's sakes. Yeah. Um, so when they get passed up and don't win anything, really – would somebody please call in and admit that I'm right? <laughs> but that that will be definitive proof in my mind. Yeah. Um, that this is the weakest error. So anyway. Well, to me, just the fact that we go into every slam with a list of about four potential winners tells me that it's the weakest error. I mean, and, and, and we're right. And the odds of the other players are not, you know, six to one. They're 25 to one or 40 to one. I mean, that can't <laughs> have been the case in the 1995 U.S. Open. I guarantee you there were probably... 10 players under 10 to 1 odds right but that just but but again you can look at you can spin that both directions yeah that wow these guys I know are, that's because the top four are so incredible yeah as people call me uh names online right um that how can this be the weakest era we have fetter we have, no 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 dum-dums <laughs> that's why it's the weakest era because that's all we have and nobody right. can handle them but it, you, but it is possible to have both, and we had the Jordan NBA era, and he still had, you know, all these other teams that were really good at the time. Yeah, uh, 
So it's I don't we can't we're not just saying that because there's four amazing players and they're killing everybody else. It's three. because well yeah I'm sorry three amazing players they're killing everybody else. What's they're killing people that aren't even putting up a fight. Right. Oh man, the lone wolf out. Here's what I love to see. Here's what I would love to not see, but just love this to happen. Somebody in the top fifty who has got a fair amount of results against both the top 10 and the bottom 30 slogging it out, you know, to say, listen, I suck. I am, (laughs) I am hanging in here at, you know, 37. I don't know who 37 is right now. So this is not a disparaging thing against Jack sock or anybody else. Uh, He's definitely not 37. (laughs) Um, And if they were to say 137, yeah, they were to say, yeah, this, I'm not good. And, I'm still top 30 in the world or top 40 <laughs> in the world. This is pitiful. Would Then would people take note? Then would people listen to me? Probably not. No. Probably not. So anyway, we were trying to wrap up. I don't know how long ago. <laughs> well, no, no. I did forget about the tweet situation. I don't yeah. want to leave. Um, leave our fans hanging. Yeah. Even though they none of them answered the polls. And even though we're just one of 20 a podcast that he listens to, we'll respond. Yeah, I find that disturbing because... <laughs> We might not, not be the best. Has that much free time. We not. Yeah, that's a good point. We might not be the best, but man, we can't be twenty. <laughs> There's no way. Well, he didn't say we were the worst of twenty. He I, said we're I one know, of twenty. But I'm looking at like, if we're not the best, <laughs> where would you rank us? Call in all the podcasts. <laughs> call. Where would you rank us? I want to be the best. I have an interesting dichotomy though, because I also am sharing and giving. I want all these podcasts to succeed. You know what I'm right. saying? Really, for our awful sport that nobody cares about. Yeah. Now, like that one, the tennis podcast in Great in uh, Britain. I, I'm sure they're doing fantastically. I mean, they have actual real type, you know, <laughs> professional, you know, reporter type folks. They, they're not tennis people. Apparently, they're horrendous at playing the game of tennis, and they don't coach or anything. So I, I do feel we have a, a a different perspective than they do in that regard. But uh, they're actually real quality journalists, which we are certainly not. Um, but beyond that, I mean, you know, come on. Who's better than we are? I want them all to succeed, but I don't want them to be better than <laughs> us. That's fair, right? Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, if you listen to an inferior podcast out there, let me know who they are, and we will try to take them out in any way possible. <laughs> not really. All right. Is that it? Of course, that was That's it. That it. was it 20 minutes ago when I asked you the first time. <laughs> well... If you want to answer polls that I put out, which obviously nobody does, um, then get on our Twitter and follow that, and then, I guess, just wait. So I don't send out polls. I just figured out how to do it. I'm surprised I haven't done like 90. Um, so anyway, so follow us on Twitter, at TennisRevPod, at TennisRevPod, and again, we're going to be doing some kind of contest or something. I'm still waiting on artwork. Um, and it's probably going to be one of those drawstring bag things. Those are pretty sweet. Yeah. They're like 10, 12 bucks in the store, aren't they? Yeah, I would say. I mean, I'm, like I'm making that up, and I don't know if you are, but <laughs> that's not bad. Plus, shipping. Yeah. Except I, I feel odd about having your home address. That's weird. So only people with P.O. boxes can play. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so we'll have a retweet contest. So basically, I'll send out a picture of that thing, and then you retweet it, 
man, I hope you have more than two followers. And then uh, I will just randomly pick somebody who actually retweeted. Because I think I get notifications of that or something. I'm not yeah. 100% aware um, how it all works. And then I'll just randomly pick somebody um, who, uh, whether you love us or hate us, I don't care. Um, I'll give it to anybody. And maybe if you hate us, you'll like us more. <laughs> I don't care about that either. Uh, so that's on Twitter. Uh, of course, there's no possible way we could play that same game on Instagram. <laughs> Why is that, Corey? Because that would violate our rules of You're not sharing anything. Doggone right. But I got good news about Instagram. One fifteen. Wow. Moving on up. <laughs> we are moving up 115 followers, which is absolutely... When we get about one per episode, so we need to do about... 10,000 more episodes. And then we'll be close to where the Kardashians are? No, about 1%. What if we got her to retweet something? Uh, If we got her to retweet something, we would be an overnight sensation. All right, get on it. (laughs) Get on it. If we got her to carry our uh, Tennis Revolution bag, we'd be Ooh, maybe she'll retweet, and I'll just, I'll tweet win this (laughs) to her as well. But then that's unfair to the people that actually She's listen. She's probably played tennis. She's probably a country club growing up. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. All right. So that's Instagram. Um, oh, no. I didn't even say what it was. But <laughs> he, I mean, come on. You know what it was. And right. you know you're not following. So get on it. <laughs> so at Tennis Revolution Pod. So Twitter is at Tennis Rev Pod. Instagram is Tennis Revolution Pod. I don't know why they're different. It's too late now. Just to... Just to Keep people on their toes. I guess. Or one-on-one. I didn't think of one. I don't know. Who cares? Anyway. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else? That's it. Fantastic. So uh, get out there. Spread the word on this thing. No matter what, we're putting them out. So even over the holidays, you'll get an episode. Yeah. Um, might not be worth much. <laughs> we might talk about more football and boxing That's than right. tennis. But uh, hey, you get to sit with us for two hours or whatever it is. Yeah. This one's gone way too long, so we apologize. Everybody's on Christmas vacation. They have to have something to do. So (laughs) I really feel bad for the guy that listens to 20 podcasts. (laughs) It was shortened down to 20 minutes for him. This is ridiculous. I wonder if he's listening to us on like quadruple speed. That's right. Maybe he listens to three or four at a time. You're going to sound normal. You'll sound normal. (laughs) You slow talking. Anyway, so all right. Well, uh, that's it for this week. Uh, And until next time, thanks for joining the revolution. Bye, guys. Kim Kardashian.